the talk this evening is on the development of samadhi. A meditation is really concerned with being totally awake, with being fully conscious, with being fully aware. That awareness, that quality of being awake is the essence of meditation, is what meditation practice is directed towards knowing within ourselves. And yet many people find they come into a retreat and do acknowledge the fact that that awareness is not really totally present. It would be nice at the beginning of a retreat if we could all just sit together and for two weeks just be aware. And when people came into a retreat and we said, well, just sit here, walk here, and just be aware. Most people find that it's, it's an unrealistic proposition. Many people find that they do begin a retreat and their minds are all over the shop. That there seems to be everything but awareness. And everything, for some people, certainly everything but being conscious particularly in the first days when people find that their noses are more frequently near the ground than in the air. So in the first days of retreat, what the practice is really centered around is really grounding the mind in the present moment, really establishing a real sense of inner balance, stability, and clarity. And the practice that we're doing in this first few days of a retreat is called samadhi practice. And samadhi is a word which is used in two ways. One kind of samadhi, or one usage of the word samadhi, it's used to describe a very deep quality of concentration the deepest state of which is absorption or jhana states. In that, the mind really comes to a tremendous level of inner stillness in which there's an absence of movement and essentially a, sense, a cessation of mind activity accompanied by various qualities or characteristics of bliss, joy, spaciousness, in three days, we don't expect that many people will be going into absorption states. <laughs> Rather, the more giving emphasis to this other way in which samadhi is used, and that it is used to describe a quality of oneness of mind, Oneness of mind, the quality of which is serenity, is tranquility. In that oneness of mind, it is a quality of being where we can easily focus the mind upon the present moment with whatever the present moment is bringing. And in that focusing, be free from conflict and free from confusion. In that oneness of mind, the mind is easily focused in the present 
and fully comprehending and fully mindful of what each moment brings. And the quality of that oneness, of that focusing, is a real sense of spaciousness, lightness, serenity, calmness, inner peace. The prerequisite, really the prerequisites for access to either kind of samadhi, is essentially a mind which is relatively light and spacious not a mind which is involved in inner battles, struggles, conflicts, endurance tests, tension. Essentially, a quality of relaxation is important. To have access to that samadhi, it involves not just inner focusing, watching the breath. It does also involve, of course, a certain amount of outer work in our lives. It would be somewhat unrealistic to expect to be able to sit down and bring the mind to a quality of stillness if we are bringing with us and carrying with us a large number of unresolved issues and conflicts. Because obviously walking into the center here doesn't mean that you leave your mind at the door. It very much comes with you, carrying with it any areas in, one li in one's life which are unresolved. And so when they come up in the retreat situation, it is not, I feel, skillful means to try and shut them out, say, well, I must try and get concentrated, I must try and stop these thoughts but rather to recognize that the repetition of certain thought patterns in our practice is telling us something about our life. There needs to be, in order to live with samadhi, serenity, oneness of mind, a definite integration in our lives between what takes place in meditation and the way that we live our lives. To be free from confusion and to live and to experience clarity within ourselves, we also have to live in a way in which we are practicing clarity, and not in a way in which we are practicing confusion. Samadhi is often equated with the word concentration. And the word concentration is one which I feel is often misused. Concentration is often seen as being an isolated state of mind which can be attained without giving care and attention to the factors which contribute to it namely the quality of our life, the quality of our consciousness. There are different kinds of concentration, different kinds of attention. If you hear a loud sound and your mind is captured by it, there is a kind of attention taking place, often an involuntary one. 
there is also a kind of concentration that can come through willpower, through striving, and through forcing. But the concentration that comes through forcing or through suppression is a very transient one. It's a kind of concentration which tends to pass away as soon as we move out of a particular posture, as soon as we cease forcing or cease suppressing or cease striving. It's a a very superficial kind of quietness that can be achieved within ourselves through forcing. That kind of concentration that comes through striving or through forcing is one which is characterized by tension rather than by serenity which is the characteristic of true samadhi. Sometimes we have the idea that we're going to get concentrated or that we're going to bring about a state of attention by fastening the mind upon a particular object, here being the breath, and shutting everything else out. Namely, shutting out the thoughts that come up, shutting out the images, the memories, the plans that come up. In that endeavor to shut down the mind's activity, there is created a separation, a duality within ourselves which is characterized by tension. Namely, the separation that occurs when we have the intention to focus the mind on one thing, and yet the very contents of the mind keep drawing the attention. And so there's this split that takes place, and in that constant struggle to follow through on one's intention to be with the breath, the body and the mind becomes increasingly tense. Unfortunately, in meditation, thought is so frequently (coughs) given a negative value. So often we see the arising of thought as being an obstacle to samadhi, as something which is preventing us from being attentive. And so in giving that thought a negative value, trying to suppress it or to shut it out. It's unfortunate in that we don't see that thought in our lives can play a very constructive role, can be a good friend, can be a positive aspect within ourselves. Thought becomes a burden and a barrier because of the involvement in it, because of the reaction to it, because often we are being used by thought rather than using thought. True samadhi doesn't involve that kind of forcing, doesn't involve that kind of shutting out or eliminating or rejecting. As long as we are tense, 
being in that state of tension that comes through trying to shut things out. We can't really know that kind of relaxation and inner harmony which is necessary to have access to true attention. That relaxation, that sense of being happy, content with what one is doing, with being here, with sitting, with walking, that harmony that is so essential is simply denied to us as long as we are creating conflicts in ourselves by giving negative values to what is taking place within the mind. And in that breeding dualities and breeding separations. In the breathing practice, It's not a question of trying to force the mind to stay on the breath. It is rather harmonizing oneself with what is already there. It involves a certain change in perspective, a certain change in relationship and attitude to the mind. There are two primary reasons for the development of samadhi. The first one is that the development of inner serenity allows us to cut through the reacting element of the mind. Through a sustained attention on the breath, that watching, being with the breath, with detachment, with awareness, the reactions of the mind are minimized. When that reacting element of the mind is minimized, things like thoughts, images, past, future, cease to be slotted into that context of being a distraction. A person who still thinks in terms of something being a distraction is often one who is still caught up in reactions. Why is something a distraction? Why does a thought become a distraction? A sound or a person or something that is taking place within us. Why is it that suddenly that element within ourselves becomes a distraction? So frequently it is because we simply don't want it. It doesn't fit in with our model of what should be happening in our meditation. Through that not wanting, that rejecting of what is taking place, a label of something being a distraction comes about. No sound or thought or image or memory is in itself a problem. It becomes a problem because of our reaction to it becomes a problem because of our rejection of it, our desire for things to be different. 
Because you probably notice that you have a thought comes up or a series of thoughts in your practice. They are just thoughts. You hear certain noises, you see certain things. They are just sounds, they are just sights. But when the mind begins to move in relationship to them, I don't want this, I don't like this, when it begins to stimulate certain feelings within us, then that sound, sight, thought becomes charged, becomes a problem, and becomes a distraction which prevents us, seemingly, from being attentive. I feel that the hardest lesson for us to learn in meditation, and yet the very first and primary lesson, is how essential it is to be with what is. If we can be with what is, accommodate that within us, that reaction to it falls away. If we can <coughs> accept and be with what is, there comes into our practice a whole element of harmony which is absent as long as we are trying to manipulate and modify and force our minds into some model which we conceive of as being meditative. The practice of samadhi is essentially the practice of non-distractedness, which means dealing with one thing at a time. We choose a primary object of attention, which is the breath. Now, just because, obviously, we choose a primary object of attention doesn't mean that the mind disappears. Still thoughts, feelings, sounds, images come and go but one sees them as being background. And when we sit here, there's different kinds of sounds coming in from outside, from within the room. When we walk, we see different things. If the mind isn't reacting, they are just there, they're a background. And yet so frequently we can't have that same kind of relationship to what takes place within us. No sooner does a thought or an image comes up and there's that immediate sense of, aha, it shouldn't be here, get rid of it, try and push it out. Because of the kind of clinging and dwelling and reaction that takes place, it comes out of the background and into the foreground and then becomes a problem. Harmony in one's practice is really seeing that there is nothing which is separate from awareness. Awareness doesn't mean that we walk around as zombies without a single thought arising in our lives, without a single image or feeling arising. Awareness is simply that spaciousness within ourselves where we can accommodate all of that movement, that lightness and openness and receptivity within ourselves where we can accommodate that movement without the clinging, without the reaction, without the dwelling. It would be a rather useless kind of awareness if it was dependent upon the absence of mentality. If that was what awareness was, there are much quicker methods to it. Namely, we could take a trip and have a lobotomy done. 
bear attention. The scene of a sound is a sound, a sight is a sight, a thought is a thought. Minimizes that reacting element of the mind. Allows things to be. Gives a different perspective, a different relationship, in which there is harmony and an absence of conflict. When concentration or attention is seen in a very limited way as being involving forcing and striving, there is always an enormous gap in that person's life between their meditation practice and their their normal life, their day-to-day life. The mark of a person who really lives with true samadhi, with true oneness of mind and serenity, is that they are not dependent upon their environment to maintain and sustain that serenity. With the skillfulness of dealing with one thing at a time, the mind is free from fragmentation. With the skillfulness of directing the attention, being fully conscious without reaction, The mind doesn't accumulate all the loose ends, all the fragmentation, which becomes such a source of pressure in our lives. With that skillfulness of bare attention, of cutting through the reacting element of the mind, there's never any need to jealously guard any kind of state of attention which has been achieved. It seems to me such a shame when concentration, when attention is seen in a limited way and a person comes into a retreat and they gain a certain state of attention and then feel that they can't do anything in their lives because they're going to lose their attention. That they have to live in a very sheltered or protected way, otherwise they're going to lose their attention, they're going to lose their concentration. This to me is very unfortunate because in that kind of meditation, a person is not gaining more freedom in their lives. Their meditation is not giving more freedom, rather it's giving more limitation. Because there comes about that feeling, oh well I, I can't deal with this situation because it's unpleasant and I must avoid this person or this environment or this kind of situation because it's difficult. Meditation is to bring freedom, never to bring limitation which we impose upon ourselves by creating these dependent states of mind. Dependent because we are not really understanding the wider vision of what attention is, of what awareness is, of what meditation is. If we are to live with that oneness of mind, with that serenity and samadhi in our lives, we really need to be able to look at our lives in a holistic way, our outer lives and our inner lives. We need to be able to look at the ways in which we contribute to a lack of serenity, the ways in which we live which are in direct opposition to that oneness of mind. 
Sometimes people come into a retreat and they say, I feel so tired, this meditation is making me so tired. But being focused never makes one tired. Being focused, if one is truly focused, is a tremendous source of inner energy which comes. What makes the mind tired, what consumes energy, which prevents attention and samadhi, is the unwise use of thought, is the indulgence in mental states, if we are living in a, in a mental world which is filled with should-be's and could-be's and if-only's and fantasies and dreams, the energy within ourselves is simply burnt up. Trying to live in, in past, present and future all at one time consumes energy. The fragmentation that comes through trying to be with so many things at one time, jumping from one thing to another, consumes energy. To live with samadhi, we have to live in a way which contributes to oneness of mind. To be aware within ourselves of where we are creating fragmentation. It means when we sit today, when we sit in this retreat together, when we see that there is conflict within ourselves or confusion within ourselves, we're constantly asking ourselves, what is it in this moment which is preventing serenity? What is it in this moment which is really preventing or denying oneness of mind? To really see what the mind is dwelling upon, what the mind is reacting to, where there are issues within ourselves which are really needing more inquiry, more questioning. Meditation <coughs> is not necessarily to create a quiet mind. It's not necessarily to create a mental space which is comfortable. Rather, it is really directed towards bringing about a life of inner freedom where there is an end of conflict, an end of confusion. To know that, we need to see the ways in which confusion, in which conflict is constructed within ourselves. So much inner conflict is created through the power of reaction. Reactions which are very much tied to our conditioning, reactions which are very much tied to the past, when we look at our lives, at the movements of our minds, we can see how much they are frequently dominated by the power of reaction. How frequently the mental world is simply this incredible movement from one mental state to another, 
You probably notice in a day here there's movement from up to down, backwards and forwards, the mind which is swinging from confidence to depression, from negativity to positivity. Sometimes it's almost disheartening to see how easily it seems the mind can be unbalanced. How quickly we can move from one mental state to another. How a very small thing can seem to press enormous number of buttons and reactions within us. person comes into a retreat, it's very disheartening if you sit down and think, well, I'm here to practice samadhi and inner serenity and the first mosquito that comes along releases a torrent of anger and negativity and chaos. Reactions find a foothold when we are not attentive. Reactions have an incredible amount of power of charge when there is a lack of spaciousness, a lack of awareness within ourselves. If we look at the times when we find ourselves reacting most strongly with anger, with greed or with jealousy, with conflict, how frequently those times are the times when we are simply alienated within ourselves from attention, from spaciousness. When there is that lack of samadhi within ourselves, we find how easily we are conditioned by the contents of the mind. A feeling comes up of anger and so quickly we become angry. A feeling comes up of wanting something and so quickly our mind is obsessed by wanting something. That It's an endlessly frustrating, undermining way to live, just to be pushed from one mental state to another. And we can see that element of conditioning within ourselves which takes place, should we see the urgency and the need really to develop that inner spaciousness, that inner serenity, what a gift that is in our lives, because to be free from inner conflict also means that we can live with others, we can live with the world without conflict. We can't expect to have that kind of harmony in our lives, that absence and cessation of conflict, unless we first find it within ourselves. First find that peace, calmness, spaciousness, confidence that comes through knowing that we can accommodate the movements and contents of the mind. The other reason for the development, primary benefit of the development of samadhi, is that the development of inner oneness of mind, serenity, really minimizes the need to seek outside of ourselves for happiness, for satisfaction, for peace, for gratification. 
in that it also minimizes relationships of dependency upon the world and upon other people to either distract us from ourselves or to reassure us of our worth and value as an individual. So often we find ourselves reaching out to the world, reaching out to other people to distract ourselves. So often whenever there is a feeling of of restlessness, of agitation, of discontent within ourselves, the almost automatic solution of the mind is to get rid of that, to alleviate that, through making contact with something which will give us, provide us with a different kind of sensation, a different kind of stimulation. to provide us with the happiness and peace and serenity which we seem to be unable to find within ourselves. If we are alienated from inner serenity, from inner peace, we form relationships to the world of dependency and of need. We find ourselves constantly forming immature relationships to the world which are characterized by dependency. In that kind of relationship, we are, of course, constantly undermining our own sense of worth, our own sense of value, our own potential as a human being. It's a great tragedy, I fear that we become so alienated at times from our own resources, from our own sense of inner completion, of inner wholeness, that we become dependent upon external reassurance. Meditation, the practice of samadhi, practice directed towards bringing about oneness of mind is to bring one in touch with such depths of inner peace, serenity, joy that that whole tendency of the mind to need to reach out just falls away. If we are really in touch with a sense of inner serenity, spaciousness, tranquility. The dependency upon the world is minimized. It is through experiencing that experiencing inner joy, experiencing inner peace, that there comes about a very deep conviction that there is nothing that we can gain from the world, that there is nothing that we can gain from other people, that there is nothing that can be gotten or attained from outside of ourselves which in any way compares to that depth of inner completion. When there is that experience and conviction, then our focus can come off that reaching out and from that outer 
preoccupation. When there is that deep inner experience, and really I feel only when that deep inner experience comes about, does the whole preoccupation with trying to gain security, trying to accumulate, trying to gain happiness, really simply become meaningless. When the attention or the focus and emphasis of our lives is no longer directed outwardly, we have the real inner freedom in which insight can grow. Samadhi, serenity, oneness of mind is the foundation of wisdom, the foundation of insight. So often, Insight is regarded as some kind of flash or a sudden experience rather than a quiet deepening of understanding that comes about through a sustained inner watching. That comes about when the foundation of serenity, of oneness is there. Samadhi gives one access to liberating wisdom, gives one real access to insight. Through sustained watching, we begin to get a whole sense of the relationship between suffering and its cause on a moment-to-moment level. We begin to be able to see the way that we construct prisons, the way that we construct bondages for ourselves. And it's in seeing that relationship between pain and its source within ourselves that there is freedom. Until we see that relationship, we never have access to the means of simply cutting the the bonds of creating conflict and suffering for ourselves. The development of samadhi, that oneness of mind, is a kind of stepping back. A stepping back from clinging, a stepping back from involvement, a stepping back from preoccupation. It's a kind of stepping back in which the mind simply ceases to be a source of conflict. A stepping back in which reactions are minimized. Through that watching, being with one thing at a time, there comes about a kind of perspective within ourselves, a perspective which brings spaciousness, where we can see that the more that we dwell upon something, anything within ourselves, the smaller does the consciousness become. You see, sometimes our lives can seem so weighed down by difficulties, by problems, by conflicts, not always seeing how much we are creating those burdens through the power of thought, the power of mind, which continues to dwell. 
If you dwell upon any given thought, any given feeling, eventually the mind, the whole consciousness, begins to shrink itself around that thought or feeling which is being dwelt upon. As the consciousness shrinks and becomes smaller, the problem, the thought, the feeling, grows increasingly larger. Simply because there is not the perspective, not the spaciousness in which to accommodate what is arising. Samadhi, the attention on the breath, being with one thing at a time, is to develop that ability to step back. In stepping back, there is not that magnification which comes about through dwelling, in that the consciousness is expanded. There comes about a sense of vastness, a sense of spaciousness and lightness within ourselves. practice in the first days here together is very much directed towards developing that samadhi. It is not something which necessarily takes months, years. Something which comes about each moment. Each moment we begin again, each moment we ask ourselves, in this moment what am I dwelling upon? What kind of prison am I creating for myself? What is my consciousness tied to? Through being with the breath, the, the practice then becomes a mirror for our minds. A mirror in which there can be insight and understanding and a growing and deepening of wisdom. It is something which is very immediate. So in the days here together, simply giving attention to the breath, to being with what is, through being with what is, minimizing the reacting element of the mind, minimizing the reaching out element of the mind, and being with what is, being with ourselves, and knowing in that being a depth and different dimension of inner peace and serenity. May all beings live with serenity. May all beings live with tranquility. May all beings abide in oneness.
This talk was given by Christina Feldman at Insight Meditation Society in 1981. It is an offering of the Dharma. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.